Thank you for listening to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Shock Fantasy is your home for the busy players' fantasy information. At Shock Fantasy, we provide quick-hitting charts, graphics, and dashboards to help you win in season-long, in best ball, in DFS, and in Dynasty Leagues. I'm Matt Harrison, longtime co-host of the longest-running fantasy football show in the history of the world, Fantasy Football Weekly. Shock Fantasy is what I use to prep for my deep dives into the matchups on Fantasy Football Weekly, and you can have all the access to the same data that helps me win. If you're not already a member of Shock Fantasy, use the promo code POTATO, that's P-O-T-A-T-O, to get your Shock Fantasy season-long, year-long pass for only $25. That's only 6.9 cents per day. Remember to use the promo code POTATO at checkout at shockfantasy.com. That's shockfantasy.com, promo code POTATO. Now, on with the podcast. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? (laughs) Welcome to the fantasy. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Take Two of the Shock Fantasy Podcast. This is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. And I mention it's Take Two because I did record this one in the hockey arena parking lot tonight. And then I go to edit it, and the sound file came up empty. Yay! So, we're going to try this again. It's the Waiver Wire podcast. Uh, It's Tuesday evening. Uh, I should mention that Le'Veon Bell was just released by the Jets. Actually, my wife, Melissa, shot me a text message right in the middle of the last podcast I was recording to let me know, hey, breaking news, because, you know, you don't always see all the breaking news while you're in the middle of a podcast. So thanks to Melissa for the heads up there, always supporting Shock Fantasy. And uh, I hope that you support Shock Fantasy too. Uh, Go purchase a membership over at Shock Fantasy. Uh, If you use the promo code POTATO, you can get in $25 for the entire year. Uh, We got stuff for DFS, uh, Redraft, the Dynasty Trade Value Chart was just updated today. Uh, and then uh, our Waiver Wire podcast is available there too. I also put all the show notes that I have for the podcasts in there so you can read along if you'd like to read it instead of listen. So as I mentioned, Le'Veon Bell was released by the Jets today. Uh, he seemingly will be uh, looking for his next team tomorrow. I think that this is a great opportunity to buy low on Le'Veon Bell. Uh, There's probably a lot of fantasy owners out there who are very frustrated with him, whether it's Dynasty or Redraft. Uh, He did nothing in the games that he played for the Jets this year and sat out a lot with injury. But one thing we do know is everybody who leaves, leaves Adam Gase gets instantly better because... Man... You are one pathetic loser. That's what all the players say to Adam Gase. And so uh, I fully expect wherever Le'Veon ends up, I'm, I'm gathering that he's probably going to try to pick his situation and go to a situation 
that uh, gives him the ability to uh, really take the lead role as maybe the 60-40 back uh, in a split, in a timeshare. A uh, couple of ones that came to mind, I think Arizona is a very interesting spot for Le'Veon Bell to land. Uh, it would be pretty cool to see him in New England, same backfield as Cam. Oh, man, that's a that's a couple of uh, big bruisers right there. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's some definite uh, buy low opportunity here with Le'Veon Bell. And if people go ahead and drop him, which in some leagues they might, I think that he's definitely worth a pickup in your uh, fantasy league. Uh, if you have to put a blind bid recommendation on him, I think it's probably 7 or 8% because I don't think it'll cost you that much to pick him up right now. But uh, that would be speculative if he's dropped in one of your leagues. All right, let's move on to quarterback yeah the quarterback position Andy Dalton he's less than one percent owned mm. I needed a little sip of the uh the seltzer today uh he takes over Dak Prescott's offense for the rest of the year it's the best group of position players he's definitely ever had uh playing with him he went nine for 11 for 111 yards in relief last week he did have a fumble that he lost now the worry is the Dallas offensive line is in shambles. They have uh, a couple of tackles that are injured and a center who's out due to injury. In the next five weeks, the schedule's not particularly satisfying. It's Arizona, followed by Washington, Philly, and Pittsburgh, then a bye week. Now, Dalton's going to be the quarterback there for the rest of the year. So in two quarterback leagues where every starter is likely taken, he's probably worth a 30 to 35% blind bid because he's in a high-functioning offense with good skill position players, and he's a quarterback who can make things happen. He's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback before. In single quarterback leagues where you're only starting one and there's a lot of starting quarterbacks on your waiver wire, you probably don't need to pick him up right now. If you truly need the depth and you always carry a backup quarterback and maybe your quarterback was Dak and you don't like the options that are out there, maybe a 1% blind bid, maybe 2% would probably get him in most of your leagues. Um, A guy that's going to take a little bit more than that is Justin Herbert, who is now uh, just over 35% owned. He's had over 300 yards in each of his first two starts, and then he had three touchdowns in start number three and four touchdowns in start number four. Now the Chargers have a surprise bye week this week. They initially weren't going to have a week six bye, but now they do. Uh, But out of their week six bye, it's kind of a cakewalk for them. Jacksonville, then Denver, then Vegas, then Miami, all of which are bottom 12 against the pass. He's worth rostering as a backup in nearly any league and, and a guy that you can spot start in certain cases. And he's going to have starting grades coming out of the bye in those next four weeks. In two quarterback leagues, I think he's worth at least 22%. And really, if he's not available in two quarterback leagues, let's be honest. And in single quarterback leagues, I think it's probably a 7% blind bid on Justin Herbert. Next guy I want to mention, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mr. Stu Beard himself. He's 20% owned right now. He absolutely shredded the Niners last week for 350 yards and three scores. He's had multiple scores or 300 yards in each of his last four outings. Also includes two rushing touchdowns on the year, and that's not a fluke. He's a runner. He led the Dolphins in rushing yards last year. 
The next five weeks have Denver, the Chargers, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Jets. Now, the best defense out of those five is definitely the Rams. That's the middle. So I think that the only chance for Tua to take the starting job from Fitzpatrick, and there was really questions about it a a week or two ago, that's if he doesn't play super well against the Chargers and then the Rams game is an absolute disaster. Then maybe they go to Tua for the Cardinals and the Jets, and then they have their bye week after that. I don't think that that disaster's coming. The Dolphins really like playing for Fitzpatrick. Those players love playing for that guy. And I think that he's going to hold that job maybe till the end of the year. You don't need to spend much to get him. Uh, It's only a 2% blind bid. And it's a guy that I recently, in my Empire League, I went and acquired Ryan Fitzpatrick for a second round pick because I lost Dak Prescott and I needed that second quarterback on my roster. It was a a roster, uh, my my opponent, he's definitely tanking this year and just is looking for draft picks. I think that was a fair trade for each of us. Fitzpatrick, I think, will hold on to this job for the remainder of the year right now. And and I'm a guy who's really high on Tua and wanted Tua to take the job because I'm excited to see what happens. But Fitzpatrick's just playing so well. And the Dolphins are really playing pretty well too. So I think he holds that job. Derek Carr, he's 16% owned. And he's a hot name right now because he just beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. But maybe he's not a hot pickup because he has a bye this week. And then Tampa next week, the bye obviously you're not starting him on. And Tampa... That's not going to be a starting grade there. After that, it gets a little bit softer with Cleveland, the Chargers, and Denver, and then Kansas City again, and then Atlanta after that. So five good matchups after those two tough ones. If you need a quarterback for the next two weeks, he's not your pickup here. But if you do have a bye week down the road a little bit, it's probably a good guy to add because he's going to get starting grades in those next five weeks. Uh, you can probably throw 2 to 3% to get Derek Carr, uh, and he should last the season as the Raiders starter. Uh, there's really nobody behind him, and he's chucking the ball downfield pretty well right now. All right, that's all the quarterbacks we have. That means it's time for the running back. Alexander Madison is 41.6% owned. I imagine on, that, that is on ESPN leagues, and I imagine that, oh, 30% of those are Dalvin Cook owners as well, and they're using Alexander Madison as the handcuff. Now, Dalvin Cook has a groin injury. He he went out of the Seattle game. The Vikings have a bye week, not this coming week, but the next week, in week seven. So, if Dalvin Cook's groin injury is minor, maybe they sit him out this week because the Vikings are playing Atlanta, and the Vikings should be able to hold court against Atlanta and win that game. Even without Dalvin Cook, really. Alexander Madison looked great in relief of Cook. If Dalvin's injury is more significant than that, the Vikings have the Week 7 bye, and then out of the bye they have Detroit and Green Bay, which are two bottom 10 run defenses. So, if... If this is a month-long thing, this groin injury for Dalvin, and Dalvin's one who's known to have soft tissue injuries and and other injuries, he's kind of an injury-prone guy, Madison could be in line for a starting gig on a high-functioning offense that runs the ball a ton. 
I think that you're probably going to need to spend up. If you're the Dalvin owner and you don't own him, you're probably going to need to spend something like 30 to 40% to hold him if you need that player to fill in for Dalvin. If you're not a Dalvin owner, I think that he's still probably worth a 12% bid because you might not use him every week, but in the weeks that Dalvin is down, he's a top 20 running back in most rankings. So I think that uh, he's definitely worth an add and should be on rosters. Let's talk about Justin Jackson a little bit. I'm slightly cheating here. He's 54% owned, and I usually try to stay under the 50% threshold. Uh, He just looked significantly better than Joshua Kelly in New Orleans on Monday night. Uh, Kelly has 3.2 yards per carry on the season. That's not enough to stay in your lineup when your coach is a former NFL running back. That's why Justin Jackson led in snap percentage, in touches, carries, and catches the other day. Uh, Justin Jackson looks like he's taking the Eckler role from Kelly. (laughs) So uh, I think Kelly's still the B guy, and Justin Jackson slides into the A position. Didn't really see that coming, but it did. Uh, This week they get the bye. Then I I did mention in the Chargers thing before with uh, Justin Herbert, Jacksonville, Denver, Vegas, Miami after that. He's probably worth... 10 to 14% if you need a running back to fill in for the next few weeks. Remember, Austin Eckler will come back eventually. Obviously, he's not. Justin Jackson's not playing this week because they're on a bye. The next guy is Brian Hill. He's 10% owned right now. He's getting about eight touches per week, and Todd Gurley's still the lead dog in that offense, but there is a regime change there. Uh, Dan Quinn is out. Raheem Morris, the offensive coordinator, is in as the interim coach. And Morris might want to change some things up. And you might remember Raheem Morris from his time in Tampa. They never really settled on a lead running back in Tampa when Raheem Morris was there. So Gurley could get spelled a little bit more. Or Gurley's a guy who's very injury prone and he could get hurt. So Brian Hill's a guy that you only need to spend about 1% on. And the next three weeks are very plus matchups for him. Minnesota, Detroit, and Carolina all of which are really good spots for him where he's like on fantasy football weekly. He's a take a chance on me style starter in these games. He's probably getting C starts. So he's a guy that if you need some depth, you don't have to spend much on him. One to 2%. You can get Brian Hill. Last running back I'll mention is Chase Edmonds. And really, I think I might've saved the best for last because I think everyone now sees that Kenyon Drake is just not that good. He's had two straight weeks with hugely positive, favorable matchups against Carolina last week and against the Jets just this week. I, I mean, he did score a touchdown, and I watched him fall into the end zone on a one-yard run, and it was one of the ugliest touchdown runs I've ever seen in my life. He had 19 touches against a pretty bad Jets defense. He only managed 62 total yards on 19 touches against the Jets. And Chase Edmonds has always been looming. Cliff Kingsbury said that they have two starting running backs on their roster. Well, I think they might only have one, and I think it's Chase Edmonds. Um, It seems like that change is coming soon, too. Uh, Edmonds had eight touches just this last week. That included a touchdown run. In his three rushes, he averaged 12 yards per carry. In his five receptions, he averaged 11 yards per catch. He's getting a first down every time he touches the ball. (laughs) Kenyon Drake's going backwards. 
This isn't good for Drake. This is good for Edmonds. Uh, he gets Dallas this week, Seattle next week, and then a bye. Now, Dallas and Seattle are pretty holy against the pass. But pass-catching running backs have had some decent days against them. So I think Chase Edmonds is starting to win this timeshare by the end of week nine. I think out of the bye, when the Cardinals come out of the bye and they play Miami, I think Chase Edmonds is your starting running back. 46% owned. I'm giving him a 9% blind bid on Chase Edmonds, maybe even a little bit more. All right, let's go to wide receiver. Oh, when when I when I play the little wide receiver sounder, and by the way, thanks Brandon Molesky, Tana B for the uh, sounders for for the Shock Fantasy podcast. But when I play the sounders, it's my my little time to take a little sip of the seltzer, and you know I got to take a sip of the seltzer. We talked about Chase Edmonds. Let's talk about the other Chase. That's Chase Claypool. And I think he's the one that everybody's going to want to add this week. Now, Al Bundy and Chase Claypool have now each scored four touchdowns in one game. Was this the absence of Deontay Johnson that caused this? Or was it the coming of age of the newest best wide receiver in Pittsburgh? I happen to think it's the latter. Uh, Chase Claypool's a big-bodied receiver. Think like DK Metcalf kind of a guy. I think James Washington is an afterthought at this point. Juju's going to have targets starting to get siphoned from him as well. And Pittsburgh hasn't been totally thrilled with him in the front office. He's going into a contract year. Juju might not be back. So I think Chase Claypool, if you can get him on dynasty rosters, and he's a guy I've talked about a couple weeks ago on this podcast. He's a guy that if he's available in your dynasty league, you got to pick him up. Uh, In the next four weeks, he gets... Cleveland and Dallas in there. They're both bottom five against the pass, but also Baltimore and Tennessee, who are middle of the pack against wide receivers. Then again, Philly was middle of the pack against the wide receiver as well, and he scored four touchdowns on them. So in a dynasty, empire, or keeper league, I don't think he's probably available in those leagues. In the off chance he is, I think you bid two-thirds of your blind bidding on Chase Claypool. I think he's that good. And I think that he's a guy in a high-functioning offense that can can really be around for the long term. In redraft leagues, he's probably going to cost you about a quarter of your budget. 23% is what I have in there. So I think, I think he's definitely the hottest pickup of the week and probably the hottest pickup we've seen over the last few weeks. Now let's talk about Henry Ruggs of the Raiders. Caught the huge deep ball against the Chiefs last week. His final stat line from that game, 118 yards and a score. That's great, but only two catches. And it was a highlight reel catch, but I'm nervous that through his three played games in the NFL, he's now only caught six balls. He's only averaging two per game. Now the Raiders are on bye, and maybe they spend the bye week figuring out ways to get him the ball more often. After the bye, they get Tampa, Cleveland, the Chargers, and Denver. The last three of those are plus matchups. He's owned in almost half of leagues, so I think you're probably going to need to spend 6 to 7% to lock him down. And he's on your bench this week and probably on your bench next week against Tampa. So I'd rather trade for him in two weeks. So let's let somebody else pick him up with the fab. And let's just target him after they pick him up with the fab. Two weeks later, you know, you can sit him through the bye. Let somebody else worry about that hole in their bench. And you pick him up next week. Mike Williams is 34% owned on ESPN, and Keenan Allen went down with a back injury early in the New Orleans game on Monday night. 
Mike Williams stepped up in a big way. He looked like the player we all thought he could be coming out of college. That was like three years ago. Maybe he just needed a good quarterback, and I think he's finally got one in Los Angeles. Uh, five catches for 109 yards and two scores on Monday night against the Saints. Uh, we already talked about the Saints schedule coming up, but again, or sorry, the, the Chargers schedule coming up. It's a bye, then Jacksonville, Denver, Vegas, and Miami, all of which are American dreams. All of which are American dreams. 11% of your fab if you need a wide receiver. Allen, Keenan Allen is not the most durable wide receiver in the land, so I think Mike Williams is definitely in play as Justin Herbert opens the playbook more and more each week. His brother, Preston Williams, uh, is 37% owned. He's a member of the Miami Dolphins, and it was good to see Williams get going with a touchdown last week in San Francisco. Remember, we're now about a year away from his ACL injury, and those take around 12 months to feel normal-ish again. Also remember, he was the top wide receiver in points per game in Miami before going down with the injury last year. Devontae Parker only came on really after Williams' injury. So just like Stewbeard, there's Denver, Chargers, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Jets in the next five weeks, then a bye week. And it won't cost you a ton to get Preston Williams right now. And I, he hasn't had the overwhelming spike yet, but it's good to see that he did get the touchdown. And I think I'd put in a 3% blind bid if you need a wide receiver. I got a couple more wide receivers to mention, three more. It's a big wide receiver week. Mecole Hardman of the Chiefs, 37% owned. Sammy Watkins is dinged up again, which means more offensive snaps for Hardman. They get Buffalo, Denver, the Jets, and Carolina in the next four weeks, which are all good matchups, and then the bye week for the Chiefs. And you should see Hardman getting some starting grades over the next couple weeks. Now, what I really want to talk about, though, is the fantasy playoff run for Chiefs wide receivers. From week 13, they get Denver, Miami, New Orleans, and it culminates with Atlanta in week 16. So start adding the Chiefs passing game now if you can. And you're only going to need to spend 1% to 2% on Hardman right now to get him. I think he's a good add. Let's talk about LaVisca Chenault Jr. 32% owned. Uh, Chenault had 8% or 8 targets, I should say. 7 catches and 79 yards last week against Houston. Uh, DJ Chark did go down with an injury late in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's an injured ankle. Now, prior to that, Chenault, Chark, Keelan Cole, and Chris Conley were all averaging somewhere between five and six targets per game. If Chark's ankle injury is somewhat severe, he could conceivably sit through their bye week, which would mean he's out the next two weeks plus the bye. So Detroit and the Chargers in the next two weeks, then the bye, then Houston and Green Bay. That's a very middle-of-the-road wide receiver schedule. Nothing really daunting, nothing really easy. But Chenault is a guy who's you know involved in the run game as well, and Gardner Minshew seemed to target him a little bit more uh, in a game where they needed it. So a 4% blind bid on LaVisca Chenault. Last guy I'll mention out of the wide receiver position, Travis Fulgham. Out of nowhere, Fulgham had 10 catches for 152 yards and a score against the Steelers. He also scored in the prior week against the 49ers. He's on pace for a touchdown per game in his Eagles career. And Greg Ward is really the only other healthy wide receiver on the depth chart right now. Djax, Alshon, and Rager still haven't returned. But when they do, will Fulgham have a spot? 
Now, I'm probably not going to start him this week against Baltimore, but if there's still injuries to that wide receiver core, the next couple of matchups are pretty interesting. He gets the Giants, then Dallas, then they have their bye week. Then he gets the Giants again, then Cleveland and Seattle, all of which are really good matchups. Outside of that Baltimore matchup this week, it's pretty good. So I'm only spending 1% because that's all you're going to really need to spend on him. Uh, and he's he's a guy who could lose his spot on the depth chart in just moments. So uh, we have to really pay attention to where Djax, Alshon, and Rager are on the injury report. And if they're coming back, it probably spells doom for Travis Fulgham. Tight end. I feel so good when it hits your lips. Cameron Brait is 1.8% owned on ESPN. He catches touchdowns and now evidently catches like five passes per game in games where OJ Howard is out. He had six targets for the Bucks on Thursday. The only one he didn't catch was the Tom Brady. I think it's third down. It's actually fourth down. Yeah, that play. Um, I'm not actually worried that much about Gronk stealing looks from him. Uh, I think Brait probably catches more passes the remainder of the year over Gronk. My worry is when Chris Godwin returns to the lineup, will all of the middle of the field targets and the tight end targets just dry up in this offense? Uh, Green Bay, the Giants, Vegas, the Saints, and the Panthers in the next couple of weeks. Those are all plus passing matchups, and it only costs you 1% to get him. Uh, if you're in a deeper league or a tight end heavy league and he's not owned yet, uh, Cameron Bright's definitely a pickup. Uh, last tight end and cheating a little bit here on this one because he's slightly over 50% owned, but he's probably a top 12 tight end at this point and startable in most redraft leagues. Jimmy Graham, excuse me, he's a touchdown machine. The Bears are splitting Graham out wide in red zone scenarios, and that has caused four touchdown receptions in five games, including one against the Bucks last Thursday. The Panthers, Rams, Saints, Titans, and Vikings ahead. The Rams and Vikings have held up okay against the tight end. The other ones are very plus matchups for the tight end position. So if you need a tight end, he's probably worth starting in some leagues now. I'm putting a 3% blind bid recommendation on Jimmy Graham. There we go. That's it. Head over to Shock Fantasy. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up for a membership in the shop. Uh, use the promo code POTATO for a $25 membership for the year. If you use the promo code COMBO, you get a hat and a membership for a mere $57. That includes all the shipping on the hats and all that cool stuff. Uh, I'm wearing my Shock Fantasy hat right now, the navy blue one. It's called the Squall. It's pretty awesome. Um, and we also have a white version as well. It's called the Thunder Snow. Ooh, such fun names. So cool. All right, so... I just wanted to thank all of you guys for supporting Shock Fantasy along the way at Shock Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, if you if you follow us on Twitter and you have a profile picture, I pretty much follow you back. So uh, happy to have you aboard and supporting us in any way possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. That's it. It's almost nine o'clock. We've got to go to work. It means it's the end of the show. Talk to you guys later. Have a great night.